Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. We made it. <laughs> Woohoo! It's so wonderful to see all of you here this morning, the very first Sunday of the year. Well done to all of you, and welcome to you guys online as well that are watching. We are so glad to be here with you today. Um, in our January series called Refocus, we're going to talk about the value of recharging today and the importance of keeping recharged. We're going to look at it, how it's going to strengthen us and maybe sustain us, hopefully, for the coming year ahead. So let's just start with some prayer this morning. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the time that we have together today. Lord, whatever distractions, whatever weight that we're carrying this morning, Father, we just, we just want to give that over to you this morning. Offer that back to you, Father. And put us in a place, Lord, where we can hear and receive from you today. I pray, God, that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive from you, Father. We pray that the Holy Spirit would move in our hearts and continue to transform us, Father, like we know that only you can. God, I pray that you would use me to speak the words that are on your heart. And Lord, we just want to lift up this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, who here has their phones with them? Can you show them to me? You can bring them out of your handbags, out of your pockets. Nice. Now I want you to take a look at your phone, and I want you to tell someone next to you how much it's charged this morning. What are we charged at? Who here has a phone that's charged to full or close to full? Me, totally, that's a me thing. Some people have them in the mid-range. Some people. Who here has them operating on red battery? Less than 20%. Anybody here like that? Yes. Surprising to me. <laughs> How many here have found yourself in a predicament where you've needed your phone and it's gone flat? So, for example... I was traveling somewhere, needed a map. Following the map, the phone goes flat. Has that ever happened to anyone else here? How frustrating is that? Very frustrating. Um, because I am a planner, and these days, you can have everything on your phone. And I have everything on my phone. From my calendar, so I have my family calendar and my work calendar. I have access to online shopping, which is always great. There's lists. Who uses their phones to create lists? There's still some old school people that love pen and paper, I know. <laughs> I use my phone for maps so I can find wherever I'm going. I've used my phone. There's Bible apps on your phone that you can read your Bible, which is awesome. You can email from your phone. You can text message from your phone. I can transfer money in bank accounts. I can play lots of games. I scroll through social media a lot, probably too much. I even use it as a phone sometimes to call people. Very rarely, though. But I do. I use it for a lot of things. And so I don't like it when it's not working. And I will do whatever I can to avoid that. 
So every night I'll take my phone and I'll put it on my charger. It's got its little spot on the, on the nightstand and, and have it ready and fully charged for the next day and ready for whatever's coming the next day. And if I know that I'm going to be using it lots the next day, I will prepare for that. And I will ensure that I have a charger with me so that I can charge it on the go and have use of my phone whenever I need it. And we all know that if we want our phones to be functioning for us, we need them to be charged, don't we? They have to be plugged in. And in the same way, we as servants of Christ, if we are meant to be functioning and efficient for the work that God has for us, we too need to be recharged. The problem is, is that things happen like 2020. How do we recover from something like that? And sometimes we can often start from a place of partial charge, like the red battery zone, 20% or less, already depleted. You're already weary. And then you find yourself trying to take on more, even though you're at that depletion, and you become overwhelmed. Sometimes we might try to self-charge. We find ourselves trying to will ourselves just to stretch a bit further and a bit farther and a bit longer. Have you ever tried to will your phone to work when it's flat? It doesn't work. And you know, this is when we get into trouble because like the phone, no matter how much we will it to work, there comes a time that we can no longer sustain the amount of power and the amount of energy that you are running at without refueling or recharging. And sometimes we require consistent charging all along the way, like when I take my charger with me. And dare I say, the more things we do and the more obstacles we need to overcome, the more we need to ensure we are charging along the way to keep us going. So this past year was a hard one, wasn't it? Started off the year with bushfires, and then went into this pandemic. None of us asked for it. None of us were really prepared for it. And it affected us all in different ways. And that's okay. From shortages on toilet paper, to virtual celebrations like graduations online weddings, even funerals. And we had to move our church community online. And I know that broke a lot of our staff's hearts. And when we don't find charge along the way, and if we're not recharging ourselves along the way, we can lose our strength and we can lose our resilience, especially when we're operating from a year like last year. Because without it, we start to see the effects come through, especially if we start trying to do things in our own strength. We live in a world where we see anxiety, where we see worry, where we see stress and, and depression and, and anger and, and tension and, and wars even, where we see people operating from a place of extreme brokenness and fear. And God says... I have something different for you. I have something better for you. I have designed things differently for you. 
It starts in the Old Testament, first book of the Bible. God shows us clearly right from the very beginning the design he has, the importance he places on creating time for rest to recharge. And he doesn't say, keep going. Don't stop proving yourself to me to show me how valuable you are. He does something differently. When God created all of the heavens and the earth, which is fairly vast, in Genesis 2 it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So there's a biblical principle right from the start where he sets a, a principle right from the beginning that says rest. So much so that he chooses this principle as one of the Ten Commandments. Deuteronomy 5 verse 12. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter nor your male or female servant, nor your ox or your donkey or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your town, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So there is a biblical principle, a biblical value that God commands his people throughout the Old Testament to create a space for rest, to recharge. And this value continues on into the New Testament with Jesus. When Jesus spends time with God to refuel, to recharge, he goes away to pray. And in fact, when Jesus uh, took his own disciples away from their busyness of their schedule to go to a quiet place to rest, in Mark 6.30, it says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. And because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. Get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. So God's design for us is that we do rest. And if we're always busy doing, and you think about, you know, his interaction with Mary and Martha, when he chided Martha for not sitting with him and resting with him, we can miss out on the gift that that rest and being in that present moment can create. These days, the more busy we get, the more obstacles that we face, the more excuses we give that we actually don't have time to rest or recharge. And we actually have a culture that places value on that, on being overachievers and, and, and workaholics and to prove your, to prove your value and, and to prove your worth or even to gain worldly pleasures like money or status. And God, again, challenges that model. He says, take time to rest. Take time to refuel, to recharge, to hear from me so you can operate at your best capacity. But not only that, use this time, he says, to reflect. Remember what I've done for you. 
reflect, think about how I have been faithful to you. In the commandment that I just read you in Deuteronomy 5, in verse 15, it said, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. He says, rest is a time to reflect, to remember his faithfulness. And if we think of 2020, as we look back at how 2020 was, are we reflecting on the faithfulness and the goodness of God through the year? Secondly, are there things in our lives that are draining our batteries? As many of us know, our phones are only designed to run at a certain capacity. And when we overextend their use, they become less efficient, don't they? So, for example, there are times you might find that your phone battery is draining more quickly than it normally does, or that your phone is working harder or slower than it should. And when things like this happen, I go to Lee, who is my own personal tech guy. And he will examine my phone. And he will see what things that are running on there that were from seven months ago that are still running for whatever reason. I didn't think to stop it. That are using up battery or using up power unnecessarily. And he will either stop the program that are making it work too hard or he'll delete whatever it is that is causing the problem. And I wonder if there are things in our own lives that we have adopted, things that need to be deleted or removed that are actually causing unnecessary drain on our batteries? Are we carrying things that we actually don't need to be carrying? We're going to get into a little bit of Isaiah 58. It's one of my favorite passages, and it talks about the kind of fasting that the Lord seeks. But it also talks about things that could possibly be draining our batteries, but it also talks about how we can be recharged in that space. Isaiah 58, 9 says... If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger, and malicious talk. Do away with the things that drain you, like sin that entangles you. Complaining or or negativity. Complaining, like saying it's everyone else's fault that this is happening. Negativity, it's saying, you know, I don't like the circumstance and I'm just going to complain and be negative about it. These are unnecessary drains on our spiritual batteries that we actually don't need to carry. And they keep us from being charged. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone where they have been negative or complaining? Or have you ever been a person that has been in a conversation that has sat there and been negative or complaining? How refreshed did you feel afterwards? Did you feel charged for the day after having that conversation? I can almost guarantee that every conversation that has, you have that complaining or negativity, we feel drained. It's heavy, isn't it? And Isaiah 58 continues on with verse 10, and it says, And instead, if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry, satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. It's not heavy anymore. And your night will become like the noonday. And to me, this reads, if we stop expending our energies on on the wrong things, like complaining and, and pointing our fingers and speaking badly about others and being malicious with our intent, 
And instead of spending our energy and our focus on the things that the Lord has called us to, spending our energy and our focus on serving others who, who are not only physically hungry, but might be spiritually hungry, not only physically oppressed by the things of this world, but might be spiritually oppressed by the things of the world. When we do things like that, we will not only keep ourselves from being drained, but we will find this interesting thing happen. We're going to start finding ourselves being recharged through it. This morning in worship, as I was listening to the team lead us, I could feel myself being recharged through worship, even though I was being, expending energy, expending energy to worship him with my heart and my hands. It was filling me and it was charging me. God's design isn't only that we rest, we take time to rest and reflect, but we do the work that he asks for us. And when we do the work that he has called us to and, and stop hanging on to all these negative things, we will find ourselves being recharged through that. Because when you work with God, who is life-giving, you can only be filled with life. He recharges us through it. And then in the verse 11, Isaiah 58, it says, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. And he will strengthen your frame. And you'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. If we could focus on connecting to the right source, to the things of God, serving him and loving others, it says we'll be guided We'll be satisfied. We'll be strengthened. And basically, you're going to be charged enough not only just to do the work that he has called you to do, the things that are in front of you, but be overflowing to the point where we're like a well-watered garden in the middle of a sun-scorched land. I don't know what this year was like, this past year was like for you guys. And I wonder if it has felt like a bit of a sun-scorched land. And I was personally challenged to think about it too for me. And I asked myself the question, did I function as a well-watered garden in 2020? Did I connect to the right things? Was I connected to the right source, the things that brought me life? Or did I connect to the wrong things sometimes and find myself spiritually depleted? If I'm to be honest with you, there was a couple checks that needed to happen throughout the year to refocus and re-engage myself again to the things that bring life instead of death. And God says, even in this dryness, in this sun-scorched land, I can make you like a well-watered garden whose waters never fail. And the scripture will continue on to say, you know, if we, if we, if we don't keep doing what we please... And we delight ourselves in the things of God. We will find our joy. Who would look at 2020 and think, man, I found my joy in God last year. I love that concept, thinking, oh, God was so faithful. I found my joy in him last year. And when we get to that place, it says in those next chapters, in those next verses, he will restore us. He will rebuild us. And we will be developing into this well that constantly brings life. 
as we close today, I want to think about 2020. Let's take time to reflect on our journey this past year. Let the Lord speak. Give him space to show you. Were, were you charged in your spiritual journey? Were you like a well-watered garden? Did you find joy in the Lord? Do you need rebuilding? Do you need restoring? Do you need healing? He says, come to me. Disconnect from those things that are draining your batteries. Come to me. I'll recharge you. I'm going to invite the van back up. And I want to charge you with this as we enter into the new year. I want us to spend some time this week. I'm going to give you some homework because I know how we all love homework, especially when school's not on. So, I want you to spend some time with this week in John 15, which many of us might find familiar. But I want you to go back there, and it's on the vine and the branches. And I want you to ask God to show you something new through it and how you can be restored, how you can be recharged by connecting to him, what that looks like for you. We all have different stories. We all have different things that we're doing. I can't be the one to tell you exactly what you need to do to recharge and refuel because we're all built differently. But God can tell you that. And one of the things that I love to do is just sit in Scripture and just let my eye be drawn to things or my heart or my spirit be drawn to something. It could be a word, could be a phrase, could be a whole verse or a whole section of Scripture that God is speaking to you in. And my challenge to you is to spend more than one day in it, more than five minutes. More than one day and more than five minutes. And see if God shows you something through it. If he starts to fill you and starts to rebuild your fountain. And I want to encourage you that it takes sometimes time to build a fountain. It doesn't happen where all of a sudden it can. I mean, God's God. He can do anything. But often in my experience, it takes time to build. And that's okay. But now is a great time as any to start rebuilding so that we're well-watered gardens and not dry, sun-scorched land. Right? Let's stand. I'm going to read this over you guys right now. And then the band's going to sing. But in this time, even now, you can start reflecting. Tonight, if you guys want to come back at 6 p.m., we'll spend even more time unpacking this scripture a little bit more. And that's what our 6 p.m. services have been like, a little bit more um, spending time in the Word and discussing together what God is saying to us. But John 15, 1-8 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me, Jesus says. And he says, I am the vine. 
you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like, like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples.